welcome to the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast. Proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Here are your hosts, Mark Ellison, Shannon Donato and Jeremy Monaghan. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 29 of the Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast. It's powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If. What If has you covered for accommodation flights, car hire and more. So once we all get out of these lockdowns, make sure you jump on, on whatif.com slash Rabbitohs and check out all of your flights, car hire, accommodation needs. What If, it's Aussie for travel. My name's Jeremy Monaghan and I'd like to welcome my usual co-hosts, Mark Ellison and Shannon Donato. How are you today, gentlemen? Yeah, very well, Jez. How are you? Very well, very well. That's the way. Just um, one thing I've noticed again this week that the uh, headphones haven't come up, so I can feel part of the team. They're starting to sound a bit like the Storm Tech jackets. I must say. <laughs> There's a little place called JB Hi-Fi that might be able to help you out, Ella. <laughs> <laughs> I would have enjoyed that uh, bit of advice about four weeks ago. <laughs> to be fair to the great guys at Audio Technica, you're, you don't come a standard size as LO, so it takes, it takes them a while to, to make their headphones that big, but they're on their way. They're on their way. You'd, you'd know all about that, Shannon, wouldn't you? <laughs> we love it bespoke here on the Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast. <laughs> and how's the week been up there, Ello? Yeah, been good, Jez. Um, yeah, really good. It was great to see the performance on on Saturday night. Um, it just makes the future look good for us. Um, but yeah, it made it. We're, we're cracking on with it. Um, the big weeks this week, obviously. Um, had a training session yesterday, and um, you know, boys got a day off today, which is good. Uh, and this that's the beauty of this time of year. Now the weather's nice. They can get out. They got their families up here. I can get out and do a little bit. I don't say it in a bad way for the people down in Sydney because I truly feel for them, as you know. But because we're up here, they got the opportunity to go and have a swim in the surf and stuff like that. But there's other restrictions that, you know, they're not, not allowed to go near a pub or a surf club or anything like that. So there's still restrictions for us on top of others. And we've got our own clean zone training venues as well. We're not allowed to go other places. So... There's still some restrictions, but, you know, we, we realise we're in a better position than what you guys are down there. I think everyone down here wouldn't mind the boys having those uh, having that little bit more freedom to keep them happy and keep them performing the way they have been. What a season or a regular season it's been. 20 wins in a season. Yeah, been... I was here for seasons where we won three. Three games a season. We've won nearly seven times that amount already this year, still with four weeks to go. It's been it's something I'm going to touch on when you ask me what what's uh, new this week, Jess. Mm. Uh, I'll, I'll hold it till that section comes up. Right Is it now? No, no. <laughs> you know, we'll find out about Shannon's week first, I think. <laughs> None of us are interested, but we'll ask him anyway. <laughs> That's nice that you're polite, Jess. Thank you for that. I appreciate that, mate. But you talk about, you know, the 20 wins, but so many other records have been broken this year. You know, Renault with the point scoring records and the kicking records. And it just goes on. It's been an absolutely fantastic season. So it should give all of the members and supporters confidence that we have the squad to go on and do the job. I know everybody's a little bit disappointed about Latrell, as am I, and um, as is Latrell uh, first and foremost, but 
you know, without doubt, we've definitely got the side. We were all over Penrith until, you know, a couple of tough decisions and a couple of drop balls swung the momentum. But all of our members, supporters, and I know our players do have confidence that we can really go on and win this thing this year. It's a big question, actually. You mentioned training yesterday, Ello. Is Mark Nichols practising standing 32 metres behind the play the ball just so he can't get pinged for some <laughs> obscure penalty this time? Yeah, yeah. He, he's, um, he's working on that as much as he works on the toss. He, um, you know, he's first toss as captain on the weekend and uh, a lot of practice went into that. He spoke to Renault about, you know, how to hold the coin and things like that. So... Uh, <laughs> He should, he should have spoken to you, LA. You're the biggest tosser I know. <laughs> oh, it's going to be like that today, isn't it, Shannon? Yeah. Oh, oh. Turn it up, LA. You landed three in my chin before I even got to introduce myself. Oh, <laughs> don't open yourself up. They just which asked gym? for which chin. <laughs> I, I could have landed 14 and I still have a few to throw. <laughs> uh, very good. Uh, righto, let's get into Ello's favourite segment, something you've learnt this week. Yeah, I've just I've just learnt that uh, yeah, the club's still in a great position. I mean, this year is front and foremost in our mind and, and we've, got a, we've got a massive opportunity this year. And um, just going back to what Shannon was talking about with Blake Taft, the big thing, I'm not concerned at all about Blake Taff. He's got the personality to handle this. He's got the confidence of the players in the squad that have played in big games before. And he's played three NRL games. But in those games, we've always had at least seven or eight of our top liners out. And he still showed he can handle it. Now, I'm looking forward to him going into our, our best side this week and see how he performs. Because it should make it easier for him. Obviously, he's got the Cleary kicks to contend with, but every fullback in the game is going to have that. Edwards has got the, the, Reynolds, the Reynolds kicks to contend with. <laughs> exactly, that's exactly right. I forget all about that. But, uh, yeah, you know, as I say, I'm, I'm positive, I'm confident about this week. And uh, I love the fact that all the, um, you know, the critics are writing us off uh, about this week. But the thing I've learned, though, Jez, is that, um, you know, We've had a great run at this club, a consistent run for the last decade. Um, and what excited me about what happened on Saturday night was we can see the basis is there for a continuation of that success in the years moving forward. Um, and, you know, we all know as a club, that's been what we've been striving for. We're a great club that people want to come to. I think we've got that in place. And now, now we keep it moving forward and, you know, like getting these young players come through and adding a few here and there. Um, I think we're in a good position to keep moving forward. Obviously, there's some decisions that certainly I didn't want to have to make in the, in this year. But, you know, we, we got together and there are some things we had to do because the salary cap didn't allow us to do what we, we wanted to do. So, um, you know, bear in mind, though, that, you know, you just got to do that with dignity for everyone involved. And I think we have, and it just makes the future look, look, look great for not only our club, but for a couple of the players that won't be with us next year, that will have great opportunities to really secure their futures uh, for their, their, them and their families moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Shannon? What have you learned this week? Yeah, very much in a similar vein, Jez. I've learned that the future is very bright for our club. Uh, just seeing Generation Next out there on the weekend, uh, it was just so heartening to see. We've heard a lot about Lucky Elias, to see him coming out. Some really deft touches there. 
uh, looked very relaxed, very calm and composed. Uh, obviously, we spoke about Blake Taff. He's local junior, you know, comes from Barbaroos, played fantastic. Memazoulis always does it. And what about young Davey Mowali? He started this year playing SG Ball, Park footy, and now he's playing NRL in a side on a premiership campaign. Like, absolutely amazing the production line that our fantastic juniors produce. But also, you know, as, as I've said before, and as it pains me to say, you know, what a great job Ello does in identifying the players that we want to keep and, and, and how... How, how you're never going to get 100% of them right, but I tell you what, I, I reckon LA's batting higher than just about anybody in the game. You know, the kids we we bring on always do a job and the future is very, very bright for our club. And just, just on a specific point from Dave Moale the other night, the game started to get away from us a little bit late. And the reason for that, Lockie Elias came off with cramps, Pete Mamazoulos came off and Benji came off. So our spine was just destroyed. So the organisation out there was, you know, poor old Dean Hawkins had to play. Basically, Blake Taff was playing dummy half and fullback. He didn't have a 5-8 at one stage and, you know, we're just doing what we could. But on the fifth play, the Dragons tried to run the ball, you know, just inside our own half. And Dave Mulally could easily just stood back, but he went after the bloke that was was toying with the idea of kicking or running the ball. He made a tackle and sacked him on that fifth play and gave us a ball in a turnover position where we didn't have to run back 40 metres to get back on side. We were starting to struggle a bit due to, due to lack of football for all the players, and I think that was a crucial part of what happened. There was another part in the game where someone gave me a bit of lip and he told him to you know, get on with it, you're a pussy or something like that. And uh, one of the blokes said, oh, yeah, he said, shut up, mate. You're only a reserve grader. And Nico said, no, he's not, mate. He plays SG ball. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Oh, very quick-witted from the goat. Yeah, yeah I know. He's in a rich vein of form, the goat. Oh, he's very good, mate. He's, um, oh, mate, he just, yeah, the players love him. The players get excited for his form. You know, you watch him when you see him when he scores a try. But they're, they're so excited, everyone's beaming and everything. But what he's done, mate, he's his game's gone to a new level. Mm. It truly has. Like he's got the confidence to be able to show and go now. He's got a little bit of footwork before the line. He's got an offload, and he can put someone through a gap. So you know, he, he's a you know he's he's a real attacking asset for us now around the middle of the field. He's doing a great job, and it was great to see him lead the team out. And one of the special pieces of content we had on our digital channels last week was his speech the day before the game about the captaincy. That was just <laughs> phenomenal. It was time a forward led this club, especially one that scored a double last week. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, no, no, it was good. It got was a five-star very good rating from me. <laughs> The, the, something that I've learnt this week, and it goes on from what you were saying, Ello, about um, the respect that we've shown the players that are moving on from our club, and respect goes a long way. And the way that our players and our our club as a whole showed great respect for Matt Chechen, the retiring referee, on Saturday after the games, a credit to to everyone involved. And Ello, I know you were a key person in in coming up with that concept and getting the players organised out there on the night to 
to uh, to clap him off and form a guard of honour. And it was great to see the Dragons jump on it full time as well and join in on that. And it's obvious that um, that Matt had earned the respect of the players. And you can see that when you listen to the ref's audio on the games that he treats the players with respect. He doesn't yell and scream at them or get um, fired up or angry at them usually. He's really quite measured and speaks to them as men and they respect him for it. And you can see he respects them as well. And I thought it was just fantastic recognition for a guy that's got the toughest job in rugby league like how anyone would ever want to be a referee I don't know it's just it's the toughest game in rugby league and obviously the guys that do want to be referees want to give something back to the game that they probably didn't have the skills to play at at the high level but they had the opportunity to to officiate the highest level and I just thought our club did a fantastic job in paying respect to not only a a good referee but a, a guy that's a good bloke. Well, you're right there, Jez, and, and I have I have reservations that he is retiring. Mm. Mate, I think he's the best referee in the game. I mean that. Yes. Seriously, mean it. I think he's a really good referee, and I, you know, uh, I don't know how it all came about, his retirement. Maybe he's just had enough himself. Yeah. I'm spoken about it, but it's sad to lose him because he yeah. is a good referee, and as you say, he's a good bloke. Yeah. He has retired once before and came yeah. back, so third time's a charm. Well, let's yeah. hope he gets appointed to a to a final this week. He he spoke in the media during the week and said he didn't expect to get a finals game, and so that would be his last game. But you never know. We'll find out the referee's appointments either this afternoon or tomorrow morning. We're recording here on Tuesday morning this week, and we'll find out whether he gets a another shot or maybe he's running the line for one of the games. But it is a shame to see a good referee like that lost to the uh, to the top grade. Yeah. There's- Sometimes a few others we'd like to lose, but <laughs> I say that I say that jokingly. That it's a tough job. I'd hate to do it. LA it's was just tough. being critical of some of those referees because one one time one of their guide dogs bit him. But you know you got to you got to let it go. <laughs> I know what it's like being a ref doing this podcast with you two. Sometimes it's more like a boxing ref though. <laughs> well, that sort of goes to one of the things LA said before. You know, he talked about. Um, some of the young blokes getting knocked off, knocked up and coming off, you know, with 20 minutes to go, Mamazoulas and even Benji. And he said our spine was destroyed. I tell you what, LA, you keep eating that buffet and putting weight on your spine, I'll be destroyed by the time you get back to Sydney. So <laughs> just take it easy out there. <laughs> did, did Raylene give you that line to put on that? <laughs> I think it might have been Terry Cullett's chiropractor. He might <laughs> trying to drum up some business. Anyway, let's get on to our first top four topic of the morning. And as we have been for the last couple of months, we've been going through the positions um, in the team. So this week, we're going to talk about the top four Rabbitohs hookers of all time. And when we... uh, I remember talking about the backs a, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago. And there were some positions where... There were guys that you really had to think about who you would put into your top four. Now it's more a factor of who you leave out of your top four. We saw that with the locks, then even more so with the second rowers, and then the hookers. What a special group of players we've had where either the number 12 or the number nine at this club. Thanks, Jez. That means a lot, mate. <laughs> well, I did say when I when I sent out the topics uh, at the, over the weekend for what we were going to talk about this week, the Rabbitohs hookers, I did put in the notes, will Donato make anyone's list? And I'm pretty sure uh, he'll make at least one of them. 
I've noticed, I've, I noticed, Jeremy, that the run sheet goes 10 minutes longer this week because we know he's going to talk about himself. There <laughs> uh, haven't been many uh, international captains as hookers at his club. So, yeah, <laughs> I think you should start that, eh, Jess? <laughs> Actually, let's just start. You want to start? Like, yeah, because I, I'm pretty modest. I don't want to go on about myself for 15 minutes. I'll... Want to do that for about 25 minutes. Right, Jez, we'll give Shannon a bit more time to write his notes. Yeah. <laughs> do his study. <laughs> well, I've uh, I've got three players on my list that I, I saw play and two that I didn't. So I might start with those those two from the same year, and that was Elwyn Walters and George Piggins. So I couldn't really split the two of them because I hadn't seen them play, but from everything I've heard and read, they must have dominated the game in the 60s and 70s, those two. They played in the toughest era. They stood toe-to-toe with some of the roughest forwards in the game. I remember reading a, one of the chapters in George Piggins' book, Never Say Die, and he was talking about a, a fight he had with Malcolm Reilly once where he could feel Malcolm Reilly's eyeball in his hand. That's how far he, how deep his eye gouge went when they were fighting each other. Like that is a tough period of rugby league, and and that came that came a result of, of Malcolm really kicking him and opening him up across yeah. the yeah, kick him always on the ground. Yeah, too. it's it's like but, kill or be killed. That's that sort of period of time, and obviously they both played for Australia. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure the story goes that. George was playing reserve grade behind Elwyn Walters and was picked for Australia when Elwyn Walters wasn't available for, for some test matches. That That's right, Jez. And there are a couple of other positions, like I'm sure Paul Sate was playing second grade when they picked him for, to play for Australia as well. Unbelievable. So, but, you know, and just quickly getting back, we say all these great players without in the positions, you know, that, that's hard to... to to nominate who the top four are, that's because we've been so successful throughout our, the years. Absolutely. You know, we've won all more premierships than any other club. So yeah. that's obviously why we've had such great players in great positions. Yeah. This year we had a, another taste of that. We had Jaden Sewer playing reserve grade for us and he got picked for the Queensland State of mm. Origin team, which shows the strength of the, the players that we've got in that back row position. But yeah, back in the day, having George picked for to represent Australia, not your state, your country, yeah, and and one of the strong, strongest countries in the world at the time, um, out of reserve grade, just uh, says a whole lot about the strength of the hooker position at our club in the late 60s and, and early 70s. So I, I put those two together because I hadn't seen them play, but I knew together they had dominated that, that period in the hooker position. My next one was, of course, and, and someone that you'll be able to talk a lot about too, Elo, is the great Mario Finnick. Just one of the great leaders that our club has seen. He's absolutely South Sydney through and through. And, Elo, it must have been um, – can you talk to us about what it felt like in those moments before running out when Mario's eyes are spinning like poker machines and ready to lead the team out into all sorts of battles with Henry Calls going left, right and centre and just leading the way out there as a passionate South Sydney man? Yeah, it's funny, Jez. It was quite calm. It was quite calm in the dressing room before – as if, you know, we would sort of get together and you didn't have as much time to prepare back in those days because you go in, go in and get changed when the second grade went out onto the field. So kickoff was normally about 45 minutes after that. So you go in, you get your ankle strap, whatever, get changed, you go out and warm up and come back in. And we'd normally only have a couple of minutes. The coach might say a few things and then we'd all just get together, just in a little circle uh, before we went out. And Mario would say, right, 
let's go and give it an ease. And that's that used to be basically it because it was it was back those days it was more a war of attrition the way we played games too. You know, we we had we had the forward back pack that could really get into other teams and and destroy them. You know, and that's that was our our game plan was based on that. To be fair, in the eighties, um, you know, we we didn't have yeah you know, we had Mavo and Phil Blake. Yeah, you know, lightning plays in the back. We didn't have some of the um, X factors some of the other teams had, but we had the the toughness and the camaraderie that some of the other teams didn't have, and that's what kept us going. And Mario played a big role in that. He drove guys mad sometimes. And that's where he got the nickname Test Match because it was all about football and being ready, but which was good. You know, people people would gee him up about it, but when they got on the field with him, they wanted him next to him. You know, they wanted to be next to Mario. I, I'd, I'd almost say Mario was the best leagues tackler I've ever seen in rugby league. He's one of the best defenders, you know. I mean, it's, the game's changed now because there's not many tackle around the leagues now, but back in the day you had to do that. One-on-one tackling was a lot bigger part of the game than what it is now. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd give him that rap. Um, he's, he's the best leagues tackle that I've ever played with. Right? From, from what I remember as a kid too, he was also one of the best hookers at actually hooking the ball in the scrums. Those three guys that I was talking about actually had to play the hooking role of hooking the ball back yeah, when the yeah. ball was fed into the scrum. The halfback had fed into the middle of the, the tunnel. That's supposedly what was supposed to happen most yeah. of the time. But he was one of the best at making sure that the Rabbitohs won all, all their loose head feeds and also a few tight head feeds. Well, what, the reason he was so successful there, Jez, was the first scrum would go down, he'd kick them that hard in the shins, he'd break their shins so they couldn't hook for the ball. <laughs> and that's where all the trouble started with Benny because he was so short, he thought he was kicking him in the shins, but he'd get him up in the head. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, he was, mate. He was a great asset to, to our team and to the club, and he has been. You know, since he retired, he's done a lot of work for the club and um, been, a, been a great ambassador and a great part of, of, of Rabbitoh folklore and history. Absolutely. And you can tell when we see him at training, he'd love to have one more run. He stalks the sideline like a lion stalking its prey. He marches up and down, and you can see in his eyes when you go up and say good day. It's not like a gentle Mario's looking at you. He's looking at you, and he's he's, he's ready to go. He's ready. To I can go. only imagine him at home this week, not being able to get the train. Oh he, yeah, fired up. <laughs> wouldn't he? What? Wouldn't he? What? So those guys that I've mentioned, they're all played under, I guess, the original way hookers played in, in having to hook in scrums and that sort of stuff. And the next two guys, I guess they're more dummy halves than hookers. But um, the next one I've got is Isaac Luke. He was an absolute powerhouse for us for a decade. So small in stature, but so big in heart. And he's he was so strong. His performances on the field, he just carry blokes in defence. And he's actually one of our most... Um, highly decorated players while he was at the club because he played 33 tests for New Zealand while he was at South. That's well, a phenomenal amount of football. There's, there's not many players at our club that have represented that many times. I think Clive Churchill represented Australia around about 50 times while he was with South Sydney. So for Isaac to have represented New Zealand in 33 tests while he was at South and then more later on, he got up over 40 test matches, I believe. But um, to play 33 test matches for New Zealand while they were winning World Cups and winning Four Nations tournaments and that sort of stuff, he was one of the best players in 
in the comp and it goes down as an absolute tragedy that he wasn't part of that 2014 grand final team the team on the field but he was very much a part of the team in their thoughts and the way they played and you saw that at the end of the game when Sam Burgess was lifted up on the shoulders of the players at the end of the game and shortly after it was Bully Luke that was up on the the shoulders as well of of his teammates in his Rabbitohs jersey and his suit pants <laughs> up on the shoulders of the players. Now he, uh, well, Isaac had, you know, great skill set too. Like he had a good passing game. He had a, he had great speed out of dummy half. He was a rugged defender. The, the best thing I could say about Isaac Luke though that not many people probably realise is, a lot of dummy halves run off the back and quick play the balls. Mm. Whereas, and Isaac would do that. But Isaac just running out of dummy half could get you a quick play the ball himself. Yeah, so strong. Because he was solid. He'd get in between, you know, A and B defender or whatever. And that was that was an attribute that he had because of his strength and his speed that he could do. And some other hookers can't do that. They can run off the back and put players through holes or make breaks themselves. He could do that as well. But I reckon that's what made him a little bit different to some of the others. And needless to say, Jez, you, you've named every hooker that I've had on my list. <laughs> well, I've still got one to go. And I reckon he's probably on everyone else's list too. Yeah, so yeah, you get, reckon, get, yeah, have to get yeah. creative. And but, I haven't um, done his homework again, obviously. <laughs> but I just want to say, when you're speaking about Bully and how much he meant to the side and them lifting him on their shoulders after the grand final, did, did that happen with Ello as well? Did... And after the grand final, did any of the players put you on their shoulders, Ello? I can't remember, Shane. <laughs> Ello just lifted himself up onto the podium. Ello, I'm sure they'd be able to remember if they got you on their shoulders. I'm sure they would, and their chiropractor would be able to remember uh, as well. The, and their physio. The famous NRL photographer organising the team photo at the end. Right, players and coach only, and you, Ello, on your hop. <laughs> yes, he did. Yeah, I know he did. I know he did. The great Cole Whelan. Yeah, exactly, yeah. He's a good man, Cole. He's Rabbitohs man through and through, Cole. And um, he said he was going to retire after he saw the Rabbitohs win a competition and he was true to his word. He pulled the yeah, plug yeah. after that. But he still came to the World Club Challenge with us. And I yeah. said to him, um, Cole, look, we obviously want to use your photos. Can we pay you for it? And he said, just get me two signed jerseys so I can give them to charity. And that's it. He paid yeah, all yeah. his own flights, all his own accommodation, took himself over there and gave us all the photos. Yeah, unbelievable. Great fella. Great oh, fella. great man. Great man. Great fella. Um, and my last one, of course, is our current hooker, the current New South Wales and Australian hooker in in Damien Cook. And it's it's not only the players that he's had to battle with to get that Australian jersey and that New South Wales jersey over the last five or so years, but even just the battles he's had to get the Rabbitohs number nine jersey. He had people come. We had Robbie Farrer at the club at one stage. He had Cameron McInnes at one stage. We had Appy Coruscant after 2014 yeah. um, when Cookie was Nathan coming to Peets. the club. Nathan Peets as well. We've we've had an absolute star-studded lineup of hookers at our club, and and Cookie's managed to fight his way to be not just the best at our club, but the best in the game. And it's a testament to the amount of hard work that he has put in. And he, I think the only thing he needs to really cement himself in that upper echelon of hookers with some of these other guys that we've, uh, that I've mentioned this morning, is to win a comp, and this is this is his chance to have his name up on those honour boards when we uh, get over to Heffron Park. I'd agree, Jess. I'd agree, and and 
just the the names of those hookers that you've spoken about, like Cameron McGuinness, mm. Robbie Farah, they you know they're no slouches either, are no. they? And uh, and Happy Coruscant. Yep. You know, um, it's amazing. It's amazing the number of players we've had at our club, and um, you know, in that position. Mm. Yeah. No. Very very good players, and um, I had you at number six, Shannon. Yes, that's okay, mate. That's fine. <laughs> well, I, I, uh, I had originally I had um, Shannon and Sean Garlic sharing number six position, Jez. But um, when when Shannon fought him in the tunnel and he fought like he lived in Vaucluse instead of Wollongaloo, <laughs> I thought oh, that's, that puts Garlic ahead. <laughs> <laughs> what were you well, fighting no, over? The last Garlow's pie? Uh, no, he got, he got a couple of sneaky ones at me in the scrum, and I, did, I, I felt a bit. I, I, you know, we're both locked up, and I didn't didn't get to represent myself fairly. So when I got off the field, I threw my handbag at him, and I showed him what it was all about. But um, don't talk funny, too got... much about it now, because I want to talk about it later in our second top okay. four topic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll just say one thing. I remember my old man come home and he was he was a bit peeved that I got into a fight and got sent off and I subsequently got suspended. But um, he said to me, you know what? You're the only Italian I know that doesn't like garlic. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I like that. I like that. You love him these days, though. I Garlo's pies. Oh, I think I'm... What? What? I think I'm I give him that much business. I think I put his kids through high school. <laughs> You've refunded his sponsorship. Yes, got to get the Shannon's top four yet. He's Garlo's number one. <laughs> Garlo, don't worry about Garlo sponsoring us. He should be running around with Shannon Donato on his shirt. I sponsored him. <laughs> Ten years. Oh. Great guys. So, did you have any other nominations apart from those ones, Ella? No, no. no. All I- you can mention um, the, the Elwyn Walters one. I remember him. He, you know, he was about George and him both internationals. And, mm. and Elwyn was playing uh, first grade. Mm. George played second grade. But then Elwyn Walters uh, went to the Roosters, if memory serves me correct. Mm. And then George, George was a hooker then. So mm. um, not a bad replacement. Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, 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 those they're the ones that, that I had down, Jess. What about you, Shannon? Any what tradies? They're, they're the ones uh, Elo had down as well. We'll see. <laughs> Elo hasn't done his homework. I'll, I'll, I'll kick off with mine. Um, Did Craig Carrington the... play hooker? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, no, but this guy's actually a tradesman that I'm going to mention first and foremost. I've mentioned him a few times. He was one of my favourite players as a kid uh, growing up, and he's not that much older than me. He actually played in my brother's junior league side, and it was a strong junior league side because, you know, in this side was also Terry Hill, uh, Jim Dimmick, both went on to be internationals themselves, as did this guy. Uh, I think Peter Trevitt was in this side, coached by Tony Kelso, uh, a great family friend of mine. It was just a fantastic Zetland uh, Junior League side. But Jim Sedaris, of course, I'm talking yeah. about. He came through in 89. Oh, box box said, yeah. He, he sent you – I've seen some footage of him saying that you gave him the nickname. Ella, so. <laughs> so it's, it's good to know where it came from. Yes. <laughs> Worst thing was, I don't think he did. <laughs> so you've been Jimmy. Pick, Jimmy was him. Jimmy was seventeen when he came into that side mm. in '89, mate. He did a great job. You're right. You're right. Yeah. He, he's he's 
Yeah, he deserves to be up there with him too. I love yeah, your story I... about his passport, Ella. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll leave that out. That's, that's, <laughs> you, you know I don't tell lies, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> You've been picking on us Rabbitohs hookers for a long time, obviously. That was 89, so that's at least, you know, 32 years you've been picking on us hookers. But Jim Sedaris, he was a great player. He came in in that first year as a, as a teenager, as you said, and he got Rookie of the Year that year, and he also got Dally M Hooker of the Year a couple of times in um, 94 and elsewise. It was with... with um, you want to write those notes a bit bigger, Shannon, so you can see <laughs> well, He's like this. I don't... <laughs> Jess, Jess, can we can we can we get some put up on the screen for him so you just look at him as he's talking about him? Jesus Christ. We'll get him an auto cue. Uh, it's not a sin to actually do some preparation. No, I've, I've done mine. I've done mine, but I look, it's it's dead. Well if you've done yours on on the it's back of your back of the It's not a speech, it's a podcast, all right? Sure. Come on, let's go back to the great man. Jimmy right, uh, Jimmy Sedaris. Played three origins, played a test for Australia, um, was, you know, a great player for many years. I actually made my first grade debut against Jimmy, which was a real treat for me. Making your debut is always a treat, but playing against a player that you love. And it was I was more of a treat for him. <laughs> <laughs> it was, too. They flogged us. But, um, you know, I remember this is a true story. I, I, used, I was living in Wallamaloo at the time in my family home where I grew up. And I used to ride to Redfern Oval. It was extra extra fitness, plus I didn't own a car. So I'd, I'd, I'd ride the training and I got picked picked for first grade and I just couldn't, I was so excited, I couldn't wait to get home and tell my brother in particular, but also my mum and dad and my sisters. Uh, but I knew to my brother, he would know the, understand the significance of playing first grade. And I was really excited. I was riding my racer, I'll never forget it. And I was coming up to um, the top of Oxford Street and I used to fly down the hill, down Burke Street. We lived in Burke Street at the time. And I was at the lights, and you wouldn't believe it. And I knew we were playing Manly, of course, in round 1995. It was Jim Sedaris, and there he was. And he was driving a black BMW convertible. <laughs> and I was riding a second-hand racer, my brother's old racer. <laughs> and it just, you know, it, it just it just epitomised, I guess, the, the skill levels of both players as well. He's driving a BMW and I'm riding a second-hand racer. It just said it all, I think. But um, I think James Donato feels the same way these days <laughs> yes. when he gets home. <laughs> pulls in on his little BMX and Dad pulls up and he's big, ah, whatever he's got from Sutton's. <laughs> <laughs> a great haval, great cars from the great people at Sutton's. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so Jimmy Sedaris is, is one of the greats. Um, you mentioned Elwyn Walters, of course. He was great. George Piggins behind him, as you said. What a what a great duo. Actually, Elwyn went got moved to prop, and at some stages they actually played in the same team together. Mm. That's how yeah. that's how strong the depth was. And well, that um, was similar to Jimmy Sedaris with Mario, wasn't it? Mario, Mario moved to back row, yeah. Back row, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So this club has been blessed blessed with hookers, absolutely blessed. And <laughs> <laughs> oh. I know you're going to bag me and, and heckle me later about Galo, but I just want to make a special note about Galo. He didn't play in any rep sides or anything like that. But what a great club man he's been. He's 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 played just under 100 games for the club over six years for the club. He went to the dark side for a little bit. But when you hear Sean's story, it's actually because he wasn't wanted at South and, and he just went there looking for a start. He was almost trialling for a 
for a contract. So it's not that he wanted to leave or he left for more money. It's just that he wasn't one of the South. But Sean was a great club man. He, he's captain the club. He's, you know, as I said, just under 100 games. He also was a football manager for the club. He's currently the chairman of our Old Boys Committee to South Players Association. He's a sponsor of the club, as we've mentioned. He even MCs our, our corporate events on, on match day. So still a massive contributor to the club, massive clubman. Him, his old man Terry, his brother Nathan, they're just um, his lovely wife Sam. They're just great South Sydney people. His boys have come through our junior league as well, all very good football players. His youngest boy Campbell's a great golfer. But they, Sean is, has been a great clubman both on and off the field for us and uh, as is Mario and as is George of course no one's contributed more to this club than George but I think Sean sometimes goes unrecognised as a great clubman uh, He's offered plenty to the club since he's uh, finished playing he's a, he's a great fella too and as you say haven't we been blessed with hookers We have We have yeah. Young Campbell Garley was the ball boy in the 2014 grand final winning team There you go a little bit of trivia there. Oh, we should yeah. have saved that for next week's trivia question, Ella. <laughs> it was a contra deal. You gave him the job for, for pies dropped off to your house after every game I heard. <laughs> well, whatever you need to do, Shannon, as you know. What is every what is everyone's favourite Garlo's pie? Can you pick mine, just one? Mine is absolutely the curry pie. It is. Yeah, fantastic. Garlo tells me it's their second biggest seller as well. Wow. And I think I think that's because I eat them. But anyway. he's done an amazing oh, right. job with that business, well, hasn't he? You'll be you'll be sad to hear that I eat them as well, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder they're the highest selling. <laughs> they're, they're <laughs> not you thick on meat. They're, they're very good. <laughs> what about I, Tommy Burgess's tribute? Thin on pastry. Too. Thin on pastry. <laughs> big on meat. Tommy <laughs> Burgess's tribute on his budgie smugglers. Yes, that was great. That was very good. Gala owes him a young Henry or two for that one. Maybe a pie or two as well. Indeed. <laughs> Righto, let's go to our first break. Now, the official Rabbitohs merchandise store, due to these lockdowns in Sydney, it's closed at the moment, but you can shop online 24 hours a day, 365 days a year at shop.rabbitohs.com.au. And Shannon, I've seen online we're advertising our finals T-shirts. Yes, the the first run actually sold out. We sold out over 300 um, within a few days. Yes, So rest assured, we've ordered more, so there'll be plenty more for people to jump online in order and where as they cheer on our team as we head towards our 22nd premiership they're being very popular in terms of selling out another thing was the, the limited edition reynolds prints that we had um we had 100 of those signed by adam reynolds uh in tribute to him breaking the point scoring records and they sold out so the rabbitohs merchandise is proving very very popular at the moment i think everybody's uh getting revved up as we get closer to the grand final one of the things my daughter spotted the other day uh, when she was um, looking over my shoulder on Facebook was the uh, the Indigenous Rabbitohs footballs as well. Don't they come up a treat? They they're the same design that was on the on the jersey with the totems on them and the the red and green wavy stripes, and they look fantastic. They certainly do, and as you've mentioned, there a, a great tribute to our 
to local Indigenous communities that we have and are produced by local kids, really authentic Indigenous art and under the tutelage of Uncle Joe, uh, who worked with the kids to do that design. And our Indigenous range, no matter what we put it on, whether it's on jerseys, on hoodies, on footballs, always proves very popular. And that's certainly the case with the Indigenous footballs. They're selling like hotcakes as well. So encourage everybody to jump online and have a look before they sell out as well, because uh, we're selling out of just about everything except um, Mark Ellison masks. Right. Have you got an update on the 2022 Storm Tech jackets for Ella? <laughs> yes, I do. Can you please shut up about that? That's my update. <laughs> now, he's been talking about the 2021s. I want oh, an yeah, update on right. the 2022s. Just, as we all know, the 2021s have sold out, but rest assured, the 2022 ones will be in as we head into winter next year. And Ella, I'll make sure they keep an 8XL for you. <laughs> how um, how much did you get for my headphones? <laughs> Are you accusing me of being a Lachlan Lewis-style uh, eBay scandal? There'll be, be a little bit of cash stuffed into that bag he's got. Don't worry about that. Mate, they were that big. If you in recycling, it would have been worth about five hundred in plastic recycling. The plastic alone. <laughs> <laughs> Righto. Shop for any of your Rabbitohs merchandise items. Now, I thought we'd have a bit of fun with this one. The top four rugby league stories that you think would make a great movie. Who wants to go first on this one? Why don't we go around one each? Yep, we can do that. That, 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 that means Ellos can only think of one. Think of one. I got four, but okay. no, I just I just thought it instead of one of us saying, "Yeah, if we get all the same, what we yep. do with the hooks then?" Yep. I just yeah. Okay. Righto. You're allowed. Okay. You can kick off, Ella. Obviously, the rabbit reinstatement. That's got to be number one for and me. And isn't it amazing? We're doing it. <laughs> the tales exactly. of reinstatement. Maybe you could do a movie. It could, it could be a bestseller out there, mate. We're doing okay. 15 or 16 episodes on it. Well, there They're going to kick go. off in September. It's going to be fantastic. We had a, a preview screening of the Tales of Reinstatement a couple of weeks ago for our um, Platinum and Diamond members and some of our corporate partners, and the feedback was off the charts. Young Matty Lucas from our digital team has done an absolutely fantastic job pulling this together. He's he's interviewed well over 20 people that were key figures during the fight back from, from 20 years ago now, the Reinstatement, back in 2001, and um, it's going to be all over the Rabbitohs digital channels over the, the coming months as we lead up to Christmas as well. Um, I think it might be kicking off this week or next. We're not 100% sure on the, the public airing date, but the feedback from the sneak preview that we gave some of our members, the feedback was just through the roof. I just thought I'd get it out there first, Jess. Everyone knew it was my idea. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> oh, you got one. Oh, excellent. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get Gabby in the read yours out? <laughs> it's your turn, Shannon. It's your uh, turn. Well, but before we just move on from the fight back, because LA's right, that's that's a great story. You know, the David versus Goliath taking on the might of News Corp and 
you know, people power. It's a it's a great story and it's a true story, as we all know. And to where we are, you know, we won the 2014 Premiership, but now the biggest, strongest club, both on and off the field. It's just, uh, it's, it's almost like a fairy tale. But I want to give a shout out to John Trad, who provided a lot of the footage as well. Uh, John's a long-time supporter and was had footage from, even smuggled some footage outside of the courtroom that I don't know whether it's necessarily legal and... Um, <laughs> Uh, lots of footage that we wouldn't have been otherwise privy to and uh, he was a big part in helping to make this happen. So thank you to John Trad and, and his family for providing that footage for us. Uh, when, you, when you talk about movies, that's a documentary series that this is going to be. So it tells the real life, the real life telling of it. But there was also a play that was written, a screenplay written called Run Rabbit Run, um, which featured some of the key figures as well. And um, it's been performed quite a number of times by different groups. I remember the first time I saw it, it was at the Belvoir Theatre. Then we went to um, one of the local schools as well, put on put on the play. And I remember one of the, the great moments, because I don't think that the kids at the school were told that there were going to be South Sydney people there watching it. And we didn't have players or anyone there that were necessarily recognisable people. But the young lad that played Nick Pappas in that play did such a great job and he, he just he looked like Nick. He was tall and skinny and had that regal look about him that Nick's got. He was in a in a beautifully tailored suit in the play and everything. And then at the end, Nick just walked down from the back and walked down onto the stage to say a speech and to thank them for putting it together. And the young bloke was just starstruck that he was meeting the guy <laughs> that he was playing in this play. <laughs> it was, just, it was yeah. so good to see that the joy that it brought to him, it was, it was unreal. So if you get an opportunity to see Run Rabbit Run um, in the theatres, when everything opens up again, I'm sure someone will, will put it on again because it's such a great story. That's one to have a look about our uh, fight back and our reinstatement as well. Yeah, a great player. I think that might have been St. Aloysius. And, Jez, you must be going for a pay rise, describing Nick Pappas as regal and tall and the well-dressed suit. Uh, Nick, if you're giving one to Jez, can you give one to me as well? Please? Um, uh, my, 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 um, my story, I think, would be a fantastic story, would be the story of Lottie Takiri. You know, he'd been... Kicked out by rugby, he, you know, he's almost, he wasn't, but he, he could have been seen as the washed up player over the hill. But Lottie, he was in reserve grade playing park football at North Sydney Oval, and but he just kept training and kept beavering away being the consummate professional that he was. And then he was there on the big dance. He was there at the finals and there for a grand final and got one more premiership. You know, when everybody written him off and said he was gone, and he got that premiership. And I'm hoping history can repeat itself with Benji as well this oh, year. Yeah. Hoping Benji can be like that story, you know, where they say, ah, oh, no, his best, his best foot is behind him, and then they step up on the big day. What's what's your reminiscence? Oh, sorry. What's your... Um, recollection. Recollection. Thank you, Jez. What's your recollection of Lottie in that year, Ella? Um, yeah. Lottie, Lottie's was just... The biggest thing initially that Lottie brought to the place was just himself and his personality and and just his experience and what he'd done. First day he came to Redfern Oval, he could hardly run two laps around the oval. I don't say that uh, having a go at him. He hadn't been doing much training for, for different reasons. He, but he got back in the nick, then had a shocker in one of our games around about round five. And Madge said to him, mate, you've got to do better than that. We're, we're in trouble. We got beat by 30 by someone. 
I think it might have been Balmain or Canberra. Mm-hmm. It was it was at uh, ANZ Stadium. I remember that. And then Lottie went away, uh, and then he broke his arm. Well, you're all right there, Shannon. <laughs> I'm all, I'm all good. I'm just getting a bit emotional. Hello, that's all. <laughs> that was one of the <laughs> famous story. Shannon Donato sneezing fits that we hear sometimes in the office. <laughs> and they go for a good two or three minutes. I worry that he's having a seizure or something. <laughs> you know what? I put it on mute so nobody would know, but thanks for giving me up, boy. That's, that's, yeah, that's very, very kind of you. <laughs> well, your eyes are going to pop out at once. <laughs> Let's get back uh, to Lottie, shall we? Okay. So, Lottie, so what happened, he broke his arm in a game. He was out for about six or seven weeks. And you, you could have just thought, well, his season's over. And I remember going to watch the second grade play. He'd been playing second grade and he broke his arm. And about three weeks after he broke it, I remember going over to watch it a nice Sunday afternoon, North Sydney Oval. I went over with Madge to watch the second grade play. And we sat around on the hill to get away from and there's Lottie on the hill at North Sydney Oval with his wife and his kids watching the second grade team play because he played in the team and he, he wanted to see how they went. And, we, we, you know, on the way home, Madge and I, Madge said, well, what, a, what a great commitment that is. Anyway, Madge, Madge went to Lottie and said, mate, that's great what you did today there, you know, supporting the teams. You know, he'd been an international. He played first grade all his life, won a competition. Um, and then, you know, to be there watching the second grade players he played with. So he said to Lottie, he said, mate, get yourself fit. He said, get yourself fit. There still could be a job for you to get done here. And the rest is history. He came back in that team and because he embodied himself in the place and the all the players, you know, Shannon Burnett, you can feel if a player's committed, Right. And the players there felt he was committed. Mm. Even though he had a shocker early, they they knew he needed to change a few things he was doing and away he came. He came back in and, mate, he played a massive part in that premiership run. I can still see him. And as you know, Jez, I've said to you a number of times, I knew we were going to win the comp when we played Manly at the SCG yep. about six rounds out. And on that night, Lottie made a break down the far wing. Yep. And he ran for about 50 metres. He got run down, but that wasn't surprising. He was at the end of his career. The kid ran him down. I can't remember what it was. It was just starting out. And then we shifted the ball from one side across the other side. Somi Armour scored in the corner in front of the member stand. And it was just one of the, the for the for the purists of rugby league, it was one of the great tries of all, of all time. And mm. uh, I remember his part in that. And then... You know, the first semi-final against Manly at Allianz, he went up for that that kick and jumped about, you know, three foot above the opposition we had caught it, went down and scored. And, you know, he was just – he was magnificent for us. So, yeah, it would be a great story, mm. Shannon. It would be a great story. I agree with you. I, got I reckon two. you could write the script. They were, they were great points. Hello, and I was getting inspired yeah. just listening to it. <laughs> I've got, got two enduring memories of Lottie Takiri, and one was that first day at training, LO, where you said he was just struggling. And after, after training, I remember walking down into the sheds, and we've got a wooden set of stairs that goes between the physio room and the change room, which leads upstairs to the video room. And Lottie was lying down those stairs. It, it must have been the most uncomfortable place 
to lie down, but it was clear he just had to lie down because he was just so yeah. buggered. And I remember him. I remember saying to him, "That can't be comfortable, mate," or something like just trying to have a bit of conversation with the bloke that was relatively new to the club. He's going, yeah, not real comfortable. And he's got himself up. He's walked into the gym and lay down on the mats in the gym. <laughs> he just went found somewhere else. And then my next enduring memory of him is, is going into the sheds after the 2014 grand final and everyone had sung the song and all the team had gone nuts. And I went around and I was giving everyone a hug or a high five, having a chat. And I walked up to Lottie and I said, congratulations, mate. What a story. And he held up his hand and he had his 2014 premiership ring and his, 20, uh, his 2000 premiership ring, yeah. 14 yeah. years apart, winning yeah. premierships. And as you say, Shannon, it'll be, what, 16 years apart for Benji Marshall if we can do it this year. Yeah, which will be great. Oh, will it? You talk about, you know, reminiscing about Lottie... Uh, but just being exhausted, lying on those stairs after the after the theatre in the physio room. Um, Ella has to do the same thing when he's walking up those stairs, <laughs> actually. Uh, at the halfway point, he, he really struggles, so I'm sure Ella can relate to that story. <laughs> I actually try and avoid those stairs because there's a little sign and not many people see it. But when you come in from out on um, Chalmers Street, you come in through the doors and there's a little sign that's probably only about, oh, it'd be... 25 centimetres wide by about 15 centimetres high, and it's got a little arrow, and it says professional athletes only. I'm like, That's I can't. why Shannon's not allowed yeah, in. I can't, I can't claim to be one of those, so I shut the door and I walk up to the middle set of stairs and I walk in down there. <laughs> Another couple of great moments that, that I had with Lottie was um, the year after, or in 2015, Origin. Yeah, we, you know, we always have that corporate function in our own dressing room. Uh, I was emceeing it, and Lottie was one of our guests as a Queensland State of Origin player, right? And we got talking, you know, we got I got him up on stage, and I, yeah, as is usual, Shannon, I hadn't didn't prepare many questions to ask. I thought I'll run it off what he tells me, you know. Anyway, you didn't prepare many questions, LA, but I tell you what, you're holding into the quiches that night. I certainly remember that. <laughs> but I remember again, we're talking about State of Origin, and then. He said, and he just he just came up with, oh, what a great dressing room this is, Ella. And I just thought, and I took him over and sat him down in his locker where oh, he was for yeah. the grand final. And we went back and started talking about the grand final. And obviously all the Rabbitoh brethren, they loved it. Yeah. But he got really excited about it, you know. And and the big key was, you know, a Rabbitoh grand finalist and a, a premiership winner, you're a Rabbitoh for life. Mm. You know, and that that's the big thing for, for him. A funny thing, at Magic Round earlier this year, we took the boys out for a meal after the game and Lottie was at the restaurant, took his time, come over and had a beer with us. And, you know, just, you know, he's just a legend of the game, Lottie's a kid. You say that about being a Rabbitoh for life. I remember a couple of years after we'd won the comp, it was either 16 or 17, and we played the Broncos up at Suncorp Stadium, and they use a lot of their past plays in their corporate areas and their corporate boxes, yeah. so they must pay them to come on as ambassadors, and they go and spend the the evening in the box with that particular sponsor. And Lottie was in a box right near the media box, right near the press box, and I saw him, and um, I was having a chat to him, and just it was like we seen each other yesterday, not three years before or however long it had been. And I said to him, I'll come down to the sheds after the game, mate. The boys would love to see you. And he said, oh, is that okay? I said, yeah. mate, <laughs> you're a Rabbitohs Premiership winner. You're welcome in whenever you want. 
exactly. Exactly right. And he gets that, Jess. Yeah. He feels that, which is great. Yeah. No, it's excellent. Very good. Righto. What's our next move? You got another one, Ella? Yeah, I um, unfortunately in in rugby league, some of the controversies are the ones that uh, you know you have you have problems. Yeah, you know, the, the the drug scandal at Cronulla Sharks mm. that could easily make a movie mm. with what what happened there. No one really knows, mm. uh, and yeah, you know, it'll never happen. But you talk about people wanting to know what happens. You know, that's what movies are supposed to be about: true stories, etc. That would be an interesting one that people would want to know. That would be a tough one for Sharks fans to sit through, I would think. They had a few issues at the time as well, some salary cap issues and rotating doors within their um, administration and stuff like that. So that would make a very interesting Yeah, movie. it would. I'm not saying it would ever happen, but you're saying what would make good movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's um, you know, you go to the Super League war as well if you wanted to oh, and go yeah. through that. That wasn't outstanding. No one liked it, but it's it's important. Yeah. It's a part of history yeah. in the game, and they they are they have been relevant to the history of the game. Those things, yeah, yeah. I think um, renowned rugby league um, journal and writer Steve Mascord, who who which we all know quite well, he's writing a book at the moment, or is about to launch a book about the Super League War and the the two sides, the News Limited and the ARL and everything that went on and some of the stuff that he'd seen. I think he's spoken I saw something the other day, he'd spoken to 99 people for interviews for this book. I think it's called Two Tribes or something similar, Tribes Go to War or something and I think you might have been interviewed for it, Shannon, is that right? Yeah, I was. Yeah. Um, just what it was like to be on I was obviously a Rabideau, a hardcore Rabideau and an ARL loyalist uh, but yeah, it was interesting you know, thinking back to that time and, you know, him prodding me with a couple of incidents and just all coming back, it was, I, I think you're right, I think it'd be an amazing story. It's something that we we shouldn't forget because it almost killed our game and, you know, Winston Churchill and said, those that forget the mistakes of the past are condemned to repeat them. And I think um, it would be a very important and very interesting story mm. to tell. Mm. I wonder if it'd get a start on Fox Movies. <laughs> <laughs> they might yes. think they invested enough money into that. They don't yeah, want to Fox invest and, anymore. Fox and News Corp uh, probably wouldn't come off uh, as the knights in shining armour in that one. Although some it's of the so, players that got the massive contracts may beg to differ. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're so right. But, but have, a look, have a look at World Series cricket when Kerry Packer came in and took that over. Yeah. You know, that was that just, that just dissected the game at that stage. But, you know, as a result of it down the track, it's a lot of better game for all of us to watch. And, um, you know, in some ways, I think that, you know, it's, it can be argued that Super League's made the game better for players and fans and everything as well. And I yeah, think that, that's... The Super League transition, I'm not saying Super League, mm. but I mean that that period where, you know, two teams divided the game, but really then the game got back together. And I think it probably improved as a result of it. I think it's probably a similar story for our club yeah. in that the exclusion period, and we talked about the reinstatement before, the exclusion period was so hurtful to so many people. But without it, we may still have been in the back blocks like we were today, and that's if the club still existed as it as it did today. We were 
a number of times we were on the verge of heading to the Central Coast and taking the $8 million from the NRL. or that That's what the discussions were. And there were rumours we were going to merge with the Sharks and that the Roosters wanted to take us over. And who knows what would have happened if we hadn't have fought for ourselves and... Uh, well, first of all, having been excluded, being forced to organise ourselves, fight for ourselves, bring in all those important people from Group 14 um, into the organisation to fight for us and then take us on that next part of the journey, which then led to the investment from Russell Crowe and Peter Holmes Accord into the club, which has then taken us again to the next level. It may the, not, the, none the, of it may have happened. The irony of it all, Jez, is it's, it's you know certain parts of the media that put us out of the game and it's been the media that's projected us back into it, mm. you know, to where we are today mm. because of how well-known the Rabbitohs are yeah. and how we've, how we've presented ourselves. Yep. And that obviously comes through the media. Yep. So it's it's been one of the great ironies of, of, of history, I reckon, mm. that, you know, we were going to be thrown out and were, mm. and then we came back and our battle, our battle has been spread everywhere. And it's, 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 uh, the battle and the results of it have just, it's been a groundswell in the Rabbitohs since. Mm. There's been other things that are happening, but you look at how we've changed and how the club runs, and, you know, it's just, it's completely different. But as you say, we, they kicked us out. The, the Rabbitohs might have been defunct now for mm. 20 odd years. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I think it's really important that we never ever forget how close we were to Death's Door and how poor poorly run or how much the club was struggling at the time let's mm. just say how the club was really really struggling at the time and we've got to never go back there Jez you and I have spoken a thousand times me and uh, working on the commercial side of the club one of the things that drives me is that we're never back in that position where we're vulnerable and weak financially that we can ever go back to that place yeah. again we're, we're beholden on others to keep us alive we, we're strong we're self-sufficient now we're one of the most profitable clubs in the NRL and by any metric where the any measurement that you use with one of the strongest if not the strongest club mm. in the game mm. and we're never going to go back to being that club mm. did you have any others Shannon well I, I think the Mark Nichols story would be a good one the, the goat you know just a story about a guy who persists and persists and finally gets his crack and he gets two tries on the eve of the finals and then made captain. It's almost like like a Rudy story, isn't it? You know, for those of you who've seen Rudy, it's a great story about a guy four years in college, trains, gets belted, finally gets to play his, his big match. And uh, the Nico's... So for those of you that haven't seen Rudy, you don't need to now. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon, just Shannon's just giving you the whole spoiler in the last 10 seconds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, spoiler's probably right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll move on. I reckon one more movie could be based on this podcast. Ooh. And that's Dumb, dumb and Dumber. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad there's three people on the podcast you've only labelled two. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll leave it to others more qualified to say who they might be. Yeah, oh, and, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. And I'm just going to say another one. The, the rise of the South City Junior Chinese restaurant since our admin officers went over there in <laughs> The movie could be called Rivers nearly, of Gold. The guy was nearly the not the guy was nearly nearly gone and now he's living next door to Shannon Vaughan. <laughs> Which makes it easy of, for home delivery. <laughs> that guy's now a member of the Joy Luck Club. <laughs> uh, 
I had three I had three movies. We're going well over time here, but I'll just run these out quickly. I reckon a story about our 1955 season would be fantastic. After 10 rounds, we were last on the ladder and we won 11 straight to win the comp. And the story about Clive Churchill breaking his arm but still kicking the goal after the siren in the semis to get us through to a grand final but didn't play in the grand final. And then Jack Rayner, captain coaching the team, would be a fantastic story. My next one you alluded to a little bit earlier, Shannon, and that's the fight of the century between Shannon Donato and Sean Garlick up the tunnel of the Sydney Football Stadium with a cameo appearance from Mark Spud Carroll. <laughs> yeah, but Jez, Jez, the movie now, yeah, for 30 seconds. <laughs> a, short, a short film. <laughs> Well, Shannon was, Shannon was on the deck by then, wasn't he? Oh, boys. I did said break about 12 of Sean's knuckles <laughs> with my jaw. How many of Spud's from the grandstand? Oh, Scud, Spud was reaching over trying to get at me. That's when it just took two of them to take me on, CJs. That's a uh, that's a kind of powerhouse that I am. What a great. I wish there was footy, John. It doesn't surprise me, Shannon. <laughs> you know what? Not only did I get belted there, it was worse uh, – Four nights later when I went to the judiciary and got suspended for four weeks and missed out on all those match payments and bonuses, my wife, she killed me. She absolutely <laughs> she absolutely thrashed me. It sounds like she's still sticking the dogs on you now. <laughs> <laughs> that incident <laughs> in the background. My last one, and Ello, I think you're going to like this one. It's called My Missing Week. And it's a fly-on-the-wall documentary about the period between midnight on Monday the 6th of October 2014 to midnight on Monday the 13th of October in 2014 and just follow you around on a magical mystery tour of where you ended up because it might fill a few gaps in your memory. <laughs> just, I like that. Just strap like a that. GoPro to the front of you so you know where, where you were for a week. Oh, dear. Yeah, well, that, uh, that well, would it help me out too, Jez, as you say. It'd be yeah. a great story. <laughs> I, know, I, I, I know where he'd been for a week. I saw his expense account. I can tell you every pub he'd been in. Yeah. It was like a toilet roll. It just went on and yeah. on and on. <laughs> I, I remember um, Raylene put me under house arrest on the Thursday. Um, so, yeah, when... But that was that was only for one night. <laughs> Weren't you put under house arrest, and then our head of performance, Troy Thompson, turned up at your house with beer? Uh, what happened the day <laughs> I got home from the juniors at seven thirty the next morning? Raylene had left about four thirty. She was asleep, and I've gone and I've put the replay on on the on the lounge right on laid on the lounge, put the replay on. And next minute, I realised the dog's licking my face, right? <laughs> so he wakes me up. I hear a, a ding-dong. So Raylan's still in bed, and, I, and there's Tomo on the front doorstep with a six-pack. And I go, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, this is about quarter to nine. And oh. I said, mate, I'll have a beer with you, but I've got to have a shower first. I, yeah. So Raylan comes out, and he says, well, Raylan, you've got to have a beer with me. So they went out on the back deck. And I said, <laughs> He's opened the he's opened the beer for Raylene. I've been having a shower, and I come out. He's halfway through his his beer, and Raylene hasn't had a sip of it. You know, there you go, love. I'm going back to bed. I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> and you said, "Well, you may not. Maybe, maybe Thursday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. See you in a week. This is a movie yeah. in the making. Where's the GoPro? You said. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a. It was a then we went to Redfern Oval. 
That day was what great. What a day that was. Oh, mate, it was fantastic. And that's about, yeah. About Good footage of you walking up the, the bridge. We, yeah, the, that was a bridge. That was on, yeah. that was on the Thursday, That was I the think. Thursday, yep. I was babysitting Ben Teo. That's right. Actually, I was on house. I was on house arrest on the Wednesday night. Right. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So, right. but uh, no, it was a great, great time. And I remember the, do it again. Then we had the red and green ball, and Sam had appeared like Jesus' resurrection. He'd come out of hospital, and he turned up at the red and green ball, with half a face, and the rest of it looking yeah. like a smashed Garlo's pie. <laughs> <laughs> Richo warning everyone off from going anywhere near Sam and everyone's there with their jerseys and texters waiting to get jerseys on Richo's. Everyone leave him alone. Everyone leave Shannon, him alone. Shannon trying to eat his face because it was like a smash garlic pie. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to kiss him. I'm trying to kiss him. Oh, what a week. Well, I reckon that would have made a good movie if we just strapped a GoPro to you and just seen what your week was like. But anyway, oh, that was a good chat, good fun chat, and hopefully uh, we can get Matty Lucas on to making some of those movies after he's made Tales of Reinstatement. We'll be back after this break. Now, with so much action coming up over the next month throughout the NRL final series, there's no better way to keep up to date with everything. That is South Sydney than by following the club's official digital channels. You can head to the website at rabbitos.com.au and that's a one-stop shop for all the key info on the club and you can find everything there. You can also follow us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash South Sydney. You can head to our official Instagram and Twitter accounts by going to at SSFC Rabbitohs on Instagram and Twitter. We've also got our YouTube channel where there's so much of our video content is on there. All you need to do is go to YouTube and search for South Sydney Rabbitohs and you'll find the the official channel there. And don't forget to tell all your friends and family to subscribe to the Rabbitohs Podcast Network. You just go to your favourite podcast app and search for the Rabbitohs Podcast Network on there or even just Rabbitohs and you'll be able to get it up there and you'll be able to listen to this podcast and all of the media conferences, the, the great work the Rabbitohs radio guys are doing, and we might have some other special things coming up as we get to the end of the season. So if you want to catch up on the Rabbitohs, you can do it all through our digital channels. And I assume you guys probably learn a few things on the Rabbitohs digital channels that you didn't know were going on as well, much like I do. <laughs> I, I love watching ELO on the uh, Rabbitohs digital channels. That You know, the, the playmakers with Sato, it's the, the highlight of the week. Have you watched oh, it before? Hello, <laughs> <laughs> I was in shock then. I was Didn't you call it the line breakers or something earlier on today? Oh. Or the line, the Tri Sisters or something? <laughs> the Dam <Dean> Breakers. <laughs> the <Dean> breakers. <laughs> oh, very good. Well, you can find all of that on all of those digital channels, so make sure that you check those out each and every day, especially rabbitos.com.au. Now, our trivia question from last week, we've spoken a little bit about the 2014 Grand Final today, and we've got so many memories from that game, but something that I want to test your memory with, who refereed the game? And my hint is that we were still in the era of two referees at the time. Who wants to have a go? I think I've got it. You've got it? Go then. You want to go, Shannon? 
No, no, over to you, Ella. Or you give me some time. Ella's Google. quickly googling. <laughs> Sorry, Shannon is Shannon. I can I can see him typing two fingered. Gerard <laughs> Sutton. Shane Hayne and Jared Sutton. Correct. Correct for Ella. Thank you. Five very goods for Ella. I'm in, I'm in the moment today, Jess. You, you are. He only knows because he bumped them off the stage on that night. <laughs> <laughs> Got himself a premiership ring and a referee's medallion. <laughs> It cost me, me 5000 each to get him home. Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh, very good. Now, um, we're going to stick with the 2014 grand final as we head towards hopefully another grand final berth. And, and one of the players that we're actually going to be playing against this week, and we mentioned him before, which is young Appy Corusau, who was parachuted into the team to replace Isaac Luke when he was suspended after the, the preliminary final for uh, supposedly dumping Sonny Bill Williams in a dangerous tackle. But can you tell me, and not this week, next week, what jersey number did Appy wear in that game? So you've got to think, was Isaac rubbed out before or after the team was announced? And if he was rubbed out after the team was announced, you'd have to think Isaac would have been named in nine. So what jersey number did Appy get named in? It may well have been nine, depending on when the judiciary hearing was. but. We'll give you the answer next week, but a little bit of homework might be required for that one from you too. Elo looks a little bit chuffed. I think he might have the answer already. <laughs> or he's Googling it a week early. Let's I hope was, he can I remember was, it for a week. I was at the judiciary hearing, Jeremy. So was I. And I know what night. Yes, yes. I was devastating. It was devastating. I remember walking. We walked out of the judiciary and we walked. we turned left to go across the front of the the NRL building, and then left again to go up into the car park. And Isaac was quite stoic in front of the cameras. And he was walking just a footstep in front of me. I tried to walk behind him so that the cameras weren't necessarily getting a clear shot of him in case he broke down. And he got around the corner, and I just kept looking back to see when the cameras stopped and the cameras moved away. And I said, the cameras are gone. And you just saw his head and his shoulder slump. And he yeah. was just shattered. And I remember just putting my arm around him and saying, mate, you've still got to get that, that kid ready to play this weekend. That's that's going to be your job now. I'm sure it will be. And I think you said the same thing. And I'm not, was was Madge there? I can't remember whether Madge... Yeah, Madge was there. But, Madge but then was we there. Had, I, ended up, I ended up driving Isaac home then. Yeah. Um, which was, was tough. But, you know, he was good. He just said, oh, I'm going to get on with it, you know. And yeah. He did, as he did. Didn't he what? Yeah. Didn't One he thing what? you just said then too, Jez, I, I think we should take... Um, Shannon to the judiciary hearings with us too. He can shield the media when they walk in. If he gets in front of no one will see. <laughs> <laughs> he could sell sponsorship for his back. <laughs> I just, LA, I wouldn't be big noting about your appearance in the judiciary. I did note that Isaac Luke did get suspended and wasn't able to play. So he, he, he didn't do too good a job. So Bloody Nick Gabar. <laughs> Can't Listen, believe mate. we've used him for yeah. every judiciary Nick hearing Gibbard. after that. <laughs> Nick hey? When we lose him, it's Nick, and when we win him, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. Oh, very good. Right, we'll be back next week. Everyone do your homework. What jersey number did Happy Coruscant wear for the Rabbitohs in the 2014 Grand Final? Now, if you're dreaming about your next epic holiday, a long weekend away with your mates or getting to a game of footy, 
then it's time to what if it and just get yourself ready to click those buttons as soon as lockdown finishes because I'm tipping there's going to be a lot of people doing the same thing, looking for flights and accommodation and car hire and everything that you can get on what if to get away once the lockdown finishes. And because they're the official travel partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, you can head to whatif.com slash Rabbitohs and use the promo code Rabbitohs15 and you can save 15% on select hotels. Now, conditions apply with that offer, but head to whatif.com slash Rabbitohs and use that promo code Rabbitohs15. And I've just been dreaming of getting away. And I was talking to my my little lady the other day. It's coming up on a sixth birthday. And I said, oh, do you want to go somewhere when we, we can all get away and the coronavirus has gone thinking? She'll say, oh, yeah, I'd like to go and see um, my nana out at, uh, out at Campbelltown or fly up and see her poppy up at, up at Port Macquarie. And no, she went straight to Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> so whatif.com slash rabbitos. I'm hoping you've got Disneyland resorts with 15% off. I'm going to need it. <laughs> well, you know why she said that? It's because Christy was telling her with your life insurance, when you croak, she's going to Disneyland. <laughs> Make a noise like a frog for a word. <laughs> you don't need to go anywhere, Shannon. You've got those beautiful views of the harbour at Vaucluse. Yeah, Shannon. Shannon couldn't give a Donald Duck about going to Disneyland. <laughs> Disneyland comes to Shannon. <laughs> I actually just jumped on the uh, What If site, the Rabbitohs What If co branded site, and booked some, uh, a hotel stay in Mudgee actually in December, in the first Friday of December. I'll be out there. I've got some work to do, meet with the council and the state member, Dougal Saunders, and um, a few other stakeholders out there. I've got to meet with, so I'll be use the site and save 15% of my accommodation. Oh, good on just you. Also, also happens to be the Mudgy Cup that Friday as well, apparently. I was just saying, it's a, it's a pretty long lead up into the charity shield <laughs> It's all about pre-planning, you know. You know how it works. <laughs> We've only been playing out at Mudgy for about four years. He doesn't quite know the place well enough yet. He's got to go out there again and do more planning. Yes. What date was that, Shannon? <laughs> December 4th is the uh, Mudgy Cup, apparently. Right, so it's now based around Mudgy Cup and not the planning oh, for the charity. I just, said, I just said it happened to be on at the same time. Okay. Hello, they might need it. Would you need some company? I think I might. There might. There's going to be a media opportunity for local media. We need our um, head of football to be there, of course. So yeah. there's a media opportunity, a but you've in, you haven't invited the media manager. That's okay. <laughs> Not a problem. Uh, well, actually, you can come, Jez. We at least someone to drive us around. Yeah, I am the mudgy designated driver. I'm the mudgy designated driver. I know my way between all the vineyards, driving Ello and his cohort around last year. I'll jump back on the what if side and get a rollout bed for you, Jez. I'm actually going to register myself on what if. As car hire, <laughs> make something off it. Fifteen percent discount for Rabbitohs staff yep, and members. Fifteen percent off. Excellent. Unfortunately, all my prices have been bumped up by fifteen percent. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, jump on whatif.com slash Rabbitohs. Use that promo code Rabbitohs fifteen as Shannon has for his trip to Mudgee coming up. Hopefully, he gets to take it in December. Let's hope Vaucluse doesn't become a LGA of concern, much like my Bayside that I'm currently in, where you walk out to the, the letterbox to check your mail and an alarm goes off. But uh, <laughs> jump on whatif.com slash Rabbitohs. Use Rabbitohs15 and you can save 15% on select hotels.
Righto, it's time for Shannon's joke of the week. Alrighty, well, we it's a true story about, apparently. Uh, yeah, it is a true story about <laughs> a, a compatriot of mine, and you know, it's about an Italian sailor down there at the international terminal down the international wharf at Circular Keys off the ship one night, stretching his legs, and oh, off the boat one night, stretching his leg, walking up and down the wharf, and he gets down the end of the wharf, and he hears some sobbing, and it's this, this. 25-year-old girl, she's a glimmer, but she's crying and her makeup's running. He said, well, what's the matter, darling? She said, oh, well, you know, my boyfriend's left me and I'm really sad. I'm going to throw myself into the harbour here and, and drown. He said, what? He said, yeah, I'm going to kill myself. And he said, look, you've got so much to live for. You've got a whole bright life in front of you. You, can, you could go somewhere and start again. He said, no, no, no. He said, look, you know, um, I'm, I'm a sailor, you know, I could stay away. We, we, we're going to Italy, we're going to Naples on the on the boat. I could stay away, you could start a whole new life. And she said, oh, actually, I've always wanted to go to Italy. Look, look, you know, absolutely. I, I don't want to see a beautiful young girl like you take a life. You've got so much to live for. I'll, I'll stay your way in my cabin. She goes, oh, would you, would you do that for me? He said, yeah, absolutely. So he, he stows her away and, you know, she, he, takes it down in his cabin underneath the, the hold and the blanket and she's all comfortable down there and every every night you know the first night he brings down three sandwiches and some vino and some cheese and you know through the cold night one thing leads to another and they end up making passionate love all night and anyway the next day he gets up and does what he needs to do and he says I'll be back tomorrow night with plenty of plenty of food for you and sure again the next night and a bottle of vino and all the sandwiches and cheese, and this goes on for about a week. And then the skipper's do it, the, the, the boat's captain's doing his inspection, and he, he finds her in the hold. He says, What's happening here? Who, who are you? And she, oh, she tells him the whole story. She says, Oh, you know, he, he's actually such a good man. And I was going to kill myself, but, you know, he, he promised me he'd take me to Italy and I'm showing me a whole new life. And I've, he said, How long have you been? He said, Down a week. And, but he's been feeding me. and He's been giving me vino and, and you know, he's been really, really good. And he says, well, it's not good enough. You know, I can't have this. He says, well, I better confess he's also been, been making love to me. He says, what? He said, yeah, yeah he's been screwing me. And the captain says, he certainly has love. You're not going to run. This is the manly fairy. Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> oh. Uh, big shout out. Big shout out to all the MUA workers on the Sydney Ferries. <laughs> got a lot of mates from Wollamaloo down there. Um, I got son Jake Gifford and my best mate Matthew Gifford and Mark Mundine who played for the lower grades for the Rabbitohs and Bo Mundine and, and my, my handsome nephew Jaden Donato. He's down there on Sydney Ferries, but they would never do such. There's lots of workers I know down um, Sydney Ferries, and as well as the workers, I also know uh, Shane Webb who loiters down there at Sydney Ferries. So that. Good bunch of blokes, but that joke actually didn't come from a ferry work. I come from a bloke you might know, Ella. He's a tragic rabbitoh, great bloke, Billy Sweeney. Um, you know, Billy, he lives at, yeah. lives, at, lives at Malabar. You'd know him for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'd know him, been around the rabbitohs for a long time. Billy Sweeney sent me that joke, and I promised him I'd use it on the podcast. And it also gave me a chance to give a plug to all the, all the MUA boys at Sydney Ferries who do such a great job. All I'll say is I'm glad it took an hour and 20 minutes to get to that segment and hopefully a lot of people have dropped off watching and listening by now. <laughs> oh dear. 
Anyway. Hello, <laughs> it's a low bar next week. Uh, <laughs> your joke of the week. <laughs> right, I will be back to wrap it up in a second. Well, thanks again, everyone, for listening. 29 episodes in, celebrating episode 30 next week. Who would have thought? That's 10 times as far as I thought we may have got. (laughs) We're still going, and we'll be going all the way through to the end of the season as well. So if you want to contact us, jump onto rabbitos.com.au slash podcasts or via Twitter using at SSFC Rabbitos. Write us a review. Or give us a five-star rating and please hit that subscribe button on your podcast app and make sure that you encourage your family and friends to subscribe to us as well on the Rabbitohs Podcast Network. We've got all of our media conferences, including Wayne Bennett's media conferences, which unfortunately they're becoming limited now. We're probably looking at only uh, three or four more of them for the rest of his time at the Rabbitohs. We've got a, a funny joke, actually. He said to me uh, said to me a few weeks ago after one of his best press conferences, he said... Uh, Yes, what do you think of that one, mate? He always likes my review of his press conference. I said, brilliant as usual. And he said, you're going to miss him next year. I said, no, I'm going to ring you every Friday and we're just going to have our own little press conference <laughs> on the phone just so I can have a laugh. Well, I'll so, tell you what, make sure your phone's charged if he starts talking about cows. I'll tell you what, he goes, <laughs> he goes on about cows till the cows come home. Honestly, can't he talk about cows? Oh, very good. Well, he to knows bro- you're very interested in them. He knows knows what they provide you. (laughs) I've learned so much much about them. You're not so worried about the dairy cows either. (laughs) (laughs) You know, how they reproduce and all of that kind of stuff. Maybe that's your forte. Maybe you could teach me something. I was going to say, have you just just worked out how they reproduce? Have you? I know. How much they get for calves and all of this nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, it's amazing, the money they make. Yeah, well, he loves it. He does, he does. So you can listen to Wayne's press conferences. Sorry? (laughs) That would be worth a fortune. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the final dig. (laughs) The final dig. We've got Wayne's Presses. We've got the audio version of the Rabbitohs Insider. And as we mentioned before, Rabbitohs Radio with Chaps, Mavo and Brownie. They did a bit of a uh, Father's Day special last week. And happy Father's Day to both of you for last week. Did you uh, did you enjoy your Father's Day? I know you uh, didn't spend it with your family, Ello, but spent it with your boyfriend. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> <laughs> Big shout out to Brock no, no, Schaefer. Actually, I um, yeah, we we had our recovery session down at, at Carroll Surf Club, which was eleven thirty, and then went out. We had a game of golf in the afternoon, and then had a couple of quiet ones, and then I had a, a lovely Zoom dinner with uh, Raylene and Sam and Josh and their and, and Bella and Jack back home, and um, it was a nice day. It was it was as good as it could be without them being up here. So. Yeah, so what about you, Jez? How was your day? My day was very good. Started very early. Got woken up nice and early because my daughter had been talking about Father's Day for a week beforehand. She was very excited to to celebrate Father's Day. And we uh, walked up the street and had a bit of a play in the park. And she's getting very good on her scooter now. She's getting a lot more confident. So it's good watching her ride around on a scooter. She turns uh, six in the next couple of months. So she's getting old. 
Yeah, well, I'm glad to hear she's getting very good on the scooter. Maybe you could lend her your podcast hat, too. <laughs> very good. I tell you what, she does love. She loves a podcast. So we yeah. we create like little family podcasts at home if we need to entertain her for half an hour to an hour on weekends, and she comes up with all sorts of topics. And now that we've worked out this Zoom podcasting setup that we've got here, we, we Zoom in some of her friends and my kid, my uh, mates' kids, and they put together uh, podcasts. And the kids these days are just so uh, addicted to YouTube, it's frightening. And so what I did was I filmed it on Zoom and I uploaded it to YouTube. It made it a, a private video so that, it couldn't be searched for. You you had to have the link for it. And when I sent it through to uh, to my mate to say, I'll show this to your daughter, she was that excited that she was on YouTube. She was just <laughs> just loving life that she was on YouTube. So yeah. uh, we, we had good fun on, on Father's Day putting together one of those family podcasts with uh, with my mate's family. You you know Did him she... quite well, Ella, with Paul McGurr and his family. Oh, McGurr, there you yeah, go. McGurr got his... Did you have my uh, headphones on? Or? She, I, I put her in the guest headphones. I put her in the guest ones. <laughs> you talk about the six-year-olds on the podcast, I'll tell you what, they might have LA's headphones, but one thing's for sure, I'm sure they spoke more sense in LA, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we went through all coherent. sorts of topics. I had them all singing Glory, Glory to South Sydney at one stage. Oh, very good. Because they're all members, so... That was good fun. So we might have to upload those over the uh, over the off season. We'll do some kids podcasts about the Rabbitohs. That might be a bit well, of fun. Don't, don't forget, we've got to do a Young Henry's podcast. Oh yet. yes, yes. I'll be the designated driver for that one too. Yes, I'll drive yes. the roadcaster podcasting machine and the car. I show you what you get some good stories then. I reckon. After a few young I'll have to work out how to press the beat button. <laughs> That one. I said, we keep you awake, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Right, well, let's wrap it up. Uh, we'll be back again next week. Of course, the Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast. It's powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If. And thank you, gentlemen, for, for joining us again. And uh, hopefully over the next few weeks, we might be able to get a couple of special guests on as, as well as we wrap up the, the season of podcasting. A great idea, and um, now we're wrapping up. I'll tell you all about my Father's Day next week, Jess. Obviously, oh, no sorry, one. go for it. No, sorry, no, no. mate. Go no, for it. Okay, you've lost it. I've lost my. I, I just figured I've they. <laughs> I wasn't sure whether your kids found you in whichever room in your mansion that you might have spent the day. Yeah, one more chance for a dig to kick me while I'm down. <laughs> kick you while all you're right. down. Just, you live in a six-bedroom mansion <laughs> in Vaucluse. You couldn't be down ever. <laughs> just do, just do the damn room. <laughs> With your Picasso behind you, you got a set of headphones which Ello doesn't have. Uh, you got nothing to complain about. Come on, save it got... for next week. Save it for next week, please. <laughs> Righto, of course. We'll as give it you is time to think of some comebacks too. Yeah, you'll have to write them down though, Ello. <laughs> Whatever as you a, do, LA, don't do any prep for next week. Well, don't change. It's working for you. Mate. Don't, do, don't do any prep at all. Oh, very good. No, well, as it is uh, every week, it's proudly uh, the top four podcast is powered by Audio Technica, proudly presented by What If, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Rabbitohs Top Four Podcast. Powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If.
official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash Rabbitohs to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code Rabbitohs15 to get 15% off select hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel. Please leave us a five-star rating and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Up the Rabbitohs.